Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our nerds! Thank you, everyone. Thank you. My name is Brendan Bennett. I'll be your host for this episode. Welcome along to our April edition of The Nerd Degree. Wise men say only fools rush in, but we can't help putting on a comedy panel quiz show for you. <laughs> we have two teams competing for you tonight. On this side, we have Team Hansor. And uh, if you could introduce yourself, starting with Sen. Yeah, hi. I'm Centurion Chan. Uh, I'm a member of the 501st Legion, Star Wars costuming group. And we have Matt. Hi, I'm Matt Powell, software engineer, improviser, dungeon master. And Jeff. Hi, I'm Jeff Clark. I'm a wordsmith and performer. A round of applause for Team Hansor! <laughs> On my left, we have Team Hawk. They're going to introduce themselves, starting with Woody. Hi, um, my name is Woody. I'm from Wellington, and that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Woo! It's okay to hold some stuff back. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, next, we have Ben. Uh, I'm Ben Allen, a uh, reviewer for Game Planet New Zealand, uh, Court Chester, and Meat Popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And uh, Karen. Hi, I'm Karen Healy. I am an author of young adult fantasy and science fiction, and I also teach children to do things. Round of applause for Team Hawk! <laughs> we are also lucky enough to have Erin Harrington in the box. Erin, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Brendan. Erin is going to be keeping track of the scores and announcing our show sponsors, as is so crucial to keep this show afloat. (laughs) So it's time for uh, us to head into the first round. So first of all, both teams, you need to roll for initiative. Oh! We got a two, Brendan. So did we. Oh! Okay. So I think we should win because their dice is way bigger than ours. Right. Our <laughs> dice is bigger than numbers of the same size. No, what's your dexterity modifier? Clearly compensating for something. No, re-roll. Come on. Okay. Fourteen. Two. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Aaron, can we start off Team Hawk on negative one point for not being able to roll a d twenty? <laughs> and that means that Team Hansor is going to start. Our first round is the nerdly news round, where we look at some topical issues in the nerd world. But first, a sponsor. This round is brought to you by Warriors Boutique Suburban Theatre. Warriors, come out to plays. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) The first question in the nerdly news round. How is a husband and wife software development team called Robot Loves Kitty redefining what it means to die in a video game? Um, I think this is an um, online game. I think it, it, you're only allowed to play it once. When you die, you die for good. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yes. Uh, so there are a lot of games that use permadeath where you die, you have to restart your game. But this game called Upsilon Circuit, if you die, you can never ever play the game again. <laughs> Except um, from another web browser. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I play it at home and then I play it at work and then I play it on the bus. Uh, no, everyone's trying to work, find a workaround, aren't yeah. they? I think you. No, it's not. A, it's not actually a browser game. You you have to pay for it. So. Oh, I don't um, want to do that. No. no. Wait, wait. So you have to, you have to spend lots of money on it, and when you die, it's all over. So. So life. life. This is life. <laughs> I, I actually think like uh, playing a game once, dying, and then never playing it again <laughs> also describes my experience of playing Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, five points to Team Hansor. Uh, this next question is for Team Hawk. In the last couple of weeks, we've had two stories about hidden bases. 
One for a real-world empire, and the other about fictional rebels that turned out to be fiction. Can you identify these two bases? One of them is a secret Nazi bunker. Which was... Somewhere. And it was in South America, wasn't it? I think it was in Argentina. They found it in Argentina out in the jungle, and it was the theoretical... uh, uh, All the conspiracy theorists are super happy... Because, this is where Mengele died. They were like, we told you the Nazis were in South America this whole time. But it looks like from what they found, I think that the Nazis never really got around to using it. Yes, but the, the reason that they never got around to using it was because the Argentinian government just welcomed them in. And they, didn't, <laughs> right. they didn't actually have to go no need for a secret base. base. <laughs> Instead, they lived in like a hotel or something like that. Exactly. Um, does anyone know uh, what the other base is? A, a, uh, so a fictional base. This was a base, uh, this, this rumour turned out to be untrue. Which is a relief. Yes, Jeff. I, th- I think it's um. Was it, wasn't there a rumor that the um, sets that were used for Star Wars in Tunisia were being used as bases for ISIS? Um, so literally, um, wow. they were, th- th- yeah, they ISIS were using the rebel base as their rebel base, <laughs> <laughs> um, except they were totally aligned with the dark side of the force. I Did would they like, I'd like to. I, I think that because uh, ISIS has just destroyed countless Sumerian and Babylonian and Assyrian artefacts um, and the world has been mildly perturbed by this but if they'd destroyed Star Wars <laughs> damn right would they like take a pot shot at an American convoy and then go <laughs> I think that was the most important part of the story was that the fact that you know this, this set from Star Wars was in danger it wasn't anything to do with ISIS well, God, there's a, people there's, are there is, horrible <laughs> there is a guy who, who uh, an American guy who went out there and helped re- rebuild and restore those sets yeah, yeah. Um, in Tatooine it's actually there's a Tunisian city called Tatooine um, and apparently he was getting emails from people saying, so ISIS is using these, base, these places as a staging post. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was he was big... like, I just restored them, guys. <laughs> guys, I think we found the plot to the first Star Wars spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, two points to each team uh, for those. Uh, now, this next question is for Team Hansel. Now, it's April Fool's Day right now. What hugely popular product launched in 2004 and was first suspected of being a prank because it was released on April 1st? Gmail. Gmail, yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, No cool story, but it was Gmail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, uh, can you answer this follow-up question then? When did Gmail become the most popular email address? When did it surpass Hotmail? Mm. So it was released in 2004. Yep. Um, well, okay. The cynic in me wants to wants to say it hasn't yet, um, <laughs> and the cynic in me will give you points for that uh, because it is depending on how you measure it, it's still third um, between behind Hotmail and Yahoo. Oh, really? Um, although, yeah. if, Yahoo. although if you ask Google, they uh, passed they passed Hotmail in two thousand and twelve. Um, so is Hotmail right. counting all the accounts that people have just like abandoned forever? I oh, presumably yes. Right. Can we have some points from the optimist in you for that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if you'd just given me even half a cup full, <laughs> I could have given you some points for that. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Okay. This one is for Team Hawk. There was a recent announcement about the Transformers films that connects with a recent, trans- uh, a recent announcement about the Ghostbusters film, which connects both films with Jay and Silent Bob, Dracula the Wolfman, and Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Could you repeat that one? Yeah. 
A recent, what was the recent announcement about Transformers that et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> well, I read the recently, and I, I presume this ties into it, that they are going to have the Transformers shared universe, uh, which is similar to the Ghostbusters. They're now going to have the Ghostbusters shared universe with about four films, and uh, that presumably ties into... I don't know, all the other universes somehow. I'm yeah, sure so like the Universal Monsters are also going to have a shared universe. Right, right, okay. So they, that's right. So they're just... And then hopefully they'll interweave... Is this like the um, theory... Um, because I think it was sent elsewhere, um, mm. the TV show that turned out to be um, all in the mind of some small boy. Yes, so this of, is called the, yeah. the Tommyverse. Yeah, yeah. So, so the end of sent elsewhere was it's all in the mind of this small boy. He dreamed the whole thing. But because... St. Elsewhere had crossovers with like Hill Street Blues and other stuff that was on at the time. Those logically must have all also been in the minds <laughs> of this time. And, the, of and this chain of and this chain of like things you can link to other things goes for about 140 television programs or something. All right, there are two questions that I want to ask as follow up to this oh. point <laughs> because this is exactly what I wanted is to talk about. Is there any point though when we're all just in the mind of Tommy? <laughs> well, there, so first of all, uh, there is one particular character that is the kind of the, the major carrier for this Tommyverse virus. Right. Someone so this this one character has appeared in the X Files, Arrested Development, The Wire, The Muppets, and Homicide Life on the Street, among many, many others. Can anyone tell me who that character is? Kermit the Frog. Yeah, did the, the dude from SVU, isn't it? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Law and Order. Detective Munch. Yes, Detective yeah. John Munch, yeah. played by Richard Belzer, yeah. uh, has appeared in uh, Let's see, twi- uh, he's been playing the character since 1993, and he's, pef- he's played the character on 22 seasons of television, um, which makes it the longest-running character in television history. Um, and, yeah, he even ap- they made a Muppet version of him to appear in The Muppets. Now, later on the show, there will be another connection to Richard Belzer. If you can, uh, I will give you points if you can call it out before I say what it is. Ooh. Ooh. The, thing I'm, the thing I'm worried about is that if they are creating all these alternate cinematic universes, um, as someone who grew up on comic books, there's the inevitable crisis on infinite Earth, <laughs> yeah. where all the different realities smash together and destroy one another. And, and only and the strongest Yeah, survive. only the strongest so will nobody survive. wants infinite Transformers movies. I think God, no. <laughs> Well, I think, we're, I think we're probably going to get them anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so final question. So as you say, um, all of these characters are apparently uh, appearing in the mind of an autistic boy staring into a snow globe. But why are we also in that globe? Is it that... Uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a crossover in one of these shows into real... Oh, is it Lost Head Oceanic Airways, which is actually a real-life airline? And therefore, real life is also connected to the Tommyverse. I think Lost is one of these things that branches out from it. That, that might well be possible. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, any time where an actor plays themselves in one of these series, then they yeah, then the therefore cross over oh, with yeah, the right. real life universe. This is what we call the Angelina Jolie paradox. Because <laughs> Go on. No, no, any, any movie... Um, where Angelina Jolie is playing a character who interacts with other people. If she if she was walking down the street, just being I don't know Fox, someone will go, "You look exactly like Angelina Jolie," like a million times a day. But the Angelina Jolie paradox means that in all of those movies, Angelina Jolie doesn't exist. Only the ah, character exists. Yes, I'm going to cut you off because we've actually covered this in a previous episode. Ah. Yeah. So for so for example, uh, if we go back to this Tommyverse, so the fact that uh, the mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg, plays himself in Law and Order, uh, that means that he brings the, the whole real world 
into the canon universe of law and order and therefore into the mind of Tommy Westphal. He's got an active imagination. He's doing well. Yeah. This yeah. probably was yeah. not interacting so much with the outside world because the inside world is, is so very vivid. Yeah. Worlds within worlds. <laughs> Let's go over to Aaron now for a score update. Aaron? Team Hawk has 13 points, but Team Handsaw rushes ahead with 14. Oh. <laughs> All right, very well done, Team Handsaw. Let's move on to our next round, but first, a sponsor. Whether it's a green-eyed monster or a beast with two backs, Desdemona's GM Bestery has got you covered. <laughs> that was literary. <laughs> <laughs> That was a Shakespeare jam. Our next round is the movie pitch round. Each team will have to pitch me a movie, and whichever one I want to green light will get the points. So let's see. Because you were winning, Team Hansor, you get the first pitch. I would like you to pitch me a movie with the title, Fly, You Fools. Hmm. All right. (laughs) In a time before... Time was even time. (laughs) Good, good. This is good. I like it. I like it. (laughs) There were creatures. Creatures without wings. (sighs) I can't reach my food. It's so high up. I haven't even developed a spy. This is going to be a long film. <laughs> okay, we cut for we we jump forward like a million years. I've got two vertebrae. Now. <laughs> Evolution is such a slow process. Okay, can we cut to the end of this film? <clears throat> Evolution. The first bird. You look weird. You have not scales like us, but strange long scales. <laughs> Shut up, I can do this. A film about creatures. Oh, wow. Who discover that there is more than just ground. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Team Hansel. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Strong. All right. Strong premise. (laughs) 600 million years of evolution and still shorter than the third Hobbit film. Uh, Okay, (laughs) Team Hawk. uh, Ironic that you're Team Hawk. Okay, uh, I would like from you uh, a a horror movie about a prank that goes wrong, uh, except I'd like this to be the prank of someone covering everything in post-it notes. (laughs) One, two, post-it for you. (laughs) Hey, Jeff, have um, you seen my office supplies? They're not in my drawer. Or in the stationery cupboard that we have full of post-it notes. Let's just head on down to Office Max and see what we can pick up. That's right. I'm sure nothing is amiss. Three, four, open Office Max door. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's there's nothing here. There's no staplers. (laughs) Is that door covered in post-it notes? It seems more fluorescent pink than it did yesterday, certainly. Tell you what, we'll split up. You go to the office at the back and I'll just open this harmless... Five, six, no more tricks. 
this summer. Team Hawk, everyone. Uh, that was a race to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to have to give that one to Handsaw, which I never expected I would say. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Woody, really creepy. Thank you for that. There's nothing creepier than children singing. Right. So I went there. Boom. Straight out of the bat. All right, I would like to move on to. This is a special round just for tonight. This round is called Pity the Fool. <laughs> but first, a sponsor. These two brothers may chase demons and angels in a souped-up impala, but when they're not, they like to make gazpacho in the nude. Try soup au natural. (laughs) 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 Jackhammer that in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read you uh, various questions on the theme of Pitying fools, uh, I'd like you to ring in if you think you have the answer. First question uh, What character famously uttered the line, I pity the fool? It was ben. B.A. Baracus. Incorrect. Ooh. Oh, it was, uh, it was the one in um, the Rocky film. That's right. It was Mr. T's character in uh, Rocky Three. Clubber Lang was the the (laughs) Clubber Lang. Obviously, Clubber Lang. He's a German filmmaker of the. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. After he directed Metropolis, (laughs) he then said, "I pity the fool." Um, So, in fact, that line was actually uh, written uh, by Sylvester Stallone, who came up with that line. Did he uh, write it like with actual? Did he crayon. tell it to somebody? Oh, with actual <laughs> Sylvester Stallone wrote like all of those Rocky films. He got, he got, he got an Oscar nomination for Rocky. Oh my god! Best my world has expanded. Yeah. I will give bonus points to any other uh, famous lines that you can give that weren't actually said by the characters they're attributed to. Um, uh, elementary, my dear Watson was never said by Sherlock Holmes. Correct. Beam me up, Scotty was never said by Captain Kirk. Correct. Play it again, Sam was never said by uh, Rick in Casablanca. It was play it, Sam. Mm. As time goes by, mm-hmm. that's all. Play it again. All right. Uh, points all round. Uh, okay, this next question. Uh, so these questions are all Mr. T themed. <laughs> what did Mr. T do for Muhammad Ali, Steve McQueen, Michael Jackson, Leon Spinks, Joe Frazier, and Diana Ross? Bodyguard. Correct. Yes, he was a uh, bodyguard before he made it as an actor. Uh, so that was what he did. He would charge up to $10,000 for that. Uh, but what wouldn't he do for $75,000? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matt? That. <laughs> I think you think you're meatloaf. Uh, oh. <laughs> anything for love. Uh, so someone, uh, an anonymous person, sent him a $5,000 advance... With the promise of seventy-five thousand more dollars if he would do what? Did he have to kill someone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Someone asked him to assassinate someone. Uh, he refused. Was it Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he actually tried to warn the target, but the target was already dead <gasps> in a car accident. What? Car accident. So, so, <laughs> Um, the Bodyguard movie would have been a lot more interesting <laughs> yeah. if it had been Mr. T instead of Kevin Costner. <laughs> yes. And Diana Ross. Been awesome. Diana yeah. Ross and Mr. T would have been fantastic. Yeah. That actually would have been Although the love scene would have been grotesque. <laughs> I would, no, I... No. Yeah. If I were, <laughs> see, if, if I were Mr. T, I would have, when going to warn the guy and say, I would have then contacted the guy and go, yeah, I made it look like a car accident. Give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a really bad Mr. T impersonation. <laughs> 
That's the best one we've heard so far. Yeah, true. <laughs> Not the last. Uh, why did Mr. T cut down 75 trees in 12 hours? Because to prove he was faster than a machine. <laughs> uh, I think you're thinking of John Henry, but... Uh, true. Was he trying to, like, cut it on the Chuck Norris joke action? Of some, <laughs> like, well, that's like, the thing. Mr. T is, more, I think, more worthy of most of these Chuck yeah. Norris jokes than Chuck Norris. Mm. Uh, so he, when he was in the uh, training for the uh, army, as a punishment, he was told to go and chop down a tree uh, and keep going until we tell you to stop. And they forgot to tell him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Wow. So this guy's amazing! Why didn't they call him Mr. Tree? <laughs> <laughs> and then they built the city of Seattle in the cleared forest. Uh, he then, later on, he bought a, 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 a house... And chopped down a hundred trees uh, in a row because he was allergic to them all. Just one row? This man is amazing. Yeah, he's a, okay. Okay, next question. Who wrote these classic rap songs? Treat your mother right, brackets, treat her right. I am somebody, slash rapping. Recouping, which is a song about how if you trip up accidentally, you can make it seem cool by pretending it's a breakdancing move. <laughs> Peer pressure, daydreaming, and Mr. T's tail. Yes, Jess. Mr. Mr. T! Incorrect! Ice T. Ice T is correct. Yes. Yes. All of the. So this this was from uh, Mr. T's uh, children's special where he rapped songs uh, with inspiring messages, but they were all ghostwritten by Ice T. Wow. (laughs) Did he write them all on his one spectacularly good day? (laughs) <laughs> do, they, do they have like some kind of superhero gang of all the people with T for a last oh, well, name? Well, like, actually, Mr. It also T. appearing in that was Fergie, later from the Black Eyed oh, Peas, wow. Wow. and Bobby Brown. There you so, go. I was just sort of thinking of like the T gang, like Mr. T and Ice T and uh, go- well, Golf T. I don't know. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that teapot? Tea uh, tea bag? Tea bag. Yeah. 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 T shirt. The T-1000. <laughs> they all drive a Model T. Yeah. Yeah. Ice T, of course, went on to have a mm. career as an actor. Mm. In Law and Order. Which, which, which was you, Richard Belcher. Oh. I felt like I really had to walk you down the path for that one. <laughs> so no points for anyone. And a couple of other quick uh, Mr. T facts. In uh, Italy, his character, Bia Baracus, was called, uh, instead of B-A, he was P-E. For Pissimo Elemento. Meaning worst element. <laughs> and oh, in Taiwan, he, he was called uh, Guai To, uh, which translates to wacky head. <laughs> 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 that brings us to the end of the round. Let's go over to Aaron for the scores. Team Handsaw has 24, but the Merry Fools and Team Hawk only have 19. Oh, oh. Team Handsaw still in the lead. <laughs> Just really, just really quickly, uh, I, I'll give a point to anyone who can ring in and tell me where the team names come from. Matt was in first. Uh, they're from Hamlet. Uh, the line is, I'm but mad, north northwest. when the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. It's when he's pretending to be mad. Uh, correct. Or I'll give you a point for pretending. that. The next round is the uh, pickup lines round, in which you will have to make the nerdiest pickup lines. Uh, so I will give you the topic for the pickup line. You will ring in uh, if you have an idea. If it is um, worthy, then you'll get a point. <laughs> I'd like you to say, uh, use this pickup line. 
I like my men or women like I like my lightsabers. Jeff. I like my women like I like my lightsabers. Easily turned on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like my women like I like my lightsabers. Passed down to me by my father. <laughs> I like my women like I like my lightsabers. Assembled by myself with the power of my mind. Uh, I like my women like I like my lightsabers, but they're no match for a good blaster at your side. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, next topic... Uh, I like my women like I like my mathematical equations. <laughs> I like my women like I like my mathematical equations. Well balanced. I like my women like I like my mathematical equations. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I like my women, well, I like my women's teeth like I like my mathematical equations. Calculus free. <laughs> <laughs> I like my women like I like calculus. Always trying to find my ex. <laughs> I like my men like I like my mathematical equations. Hard. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, move on. Uh, let's go one, one more. I like my smartphones. I like my men like I like my smartphones. Easy to shine up and with a lot of entertaining functions. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> really? I like my men like I like my smartphone Full of curious things to say about books I like my women like I like my smartphones Slowly lowering my sperm count <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, I like my women like I like my smartphones I always say I'm not going to get a new one every year <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got to wipe this to the taste out. Um, I, I, I like my blank like I like my Death Stars. <laughs> I like my women like I like my Death Stars. Fully operational. <laughs> I like my women like I like my Death Stars. It didn't go in, it just impacted on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Uh, a round of applause for both of our teams. With their... <laughs> and over to Erin for a scores update. Team Hawk has some catching up to do. They're on 26, while Team Handsaw is on 36. Ooh. Whoa. Lucky this last round is for 11 points. <laughs> but first, our final sponsor. Higgs Boson Public Relations. No spin, only positivity. <laughs> <laughs> the final round in our April Fool's edition is Fools I'll Destroy You All. <clears throat> in this, each team will take on the role of an evil genius mastermind explaining the, their plan for how they will destroy their enemies mm. and the world. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Team Hansaw in mm. the lead. I would like you to go first. From the audience, what is the special... Uh, Location where their base is. So it could be inside a volcano. Palmerston or... North. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> let's let's go with uh, no something the world. something a bit more like geographical, like a uh, well behind a like, waterfall. Behind a waterfall. Okay. Behind a waterfall. You're striking out from behind your waterfall. You're going to wreak vengeance. They laughed at me. <laughs> I didn't like it. They don't. That's why I'm here. They're not going to laugh again. Yes. They're going to stop it. From behind this waterfall. From here, no one will see us. No one will hear us over the loud thr- thrusting noise of water. <laughs> okay, elaborate on that thrusting noise. <laughs> As water thrusts itself downward, <laughs> propelled by gravity. It's loud. It's loud. Very, very loud. And no one will suspect that it's secretly powering our generators. That's right. The generators that power our death ray. That's right. The death ray that will wreak vengeance on the world. As soon as we figure out a way for it to fire through a waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A round of applause for Team Hansor. Team Hawk, your evil genius has an innocuous hobby uh, that they are going to turn to evil purposes. What is their uh, hobby? Knitting. Knitting. Mm. You're going to take knitting and you're going to turn it evil. Under the layers of yarn, I'm hiding. I'm waiting. Crochet hooks in my belt, needles in my hands. Too long have I watched our nation turn to dairying. Cows! <laughs> what have cows ever done for us? Sheep are the backbone of this country. Sheep and their woolly comestibles. <laughs> <laughs> All those sheep. But you know what? This is a good thing. Oh, yes. Pigs. Pigs are good. Pigs. Sheep. Farm animals. Yes. Farm animals. No oh. one will suspect anything when we begin to knit pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Pig knitting is an underappreciated skill. Soon, my pig knitting will enter the market, and then the mind control that I have woven in as skillfully as I have woven the weft of my amazing yarnery will take hold. For who can resist a warm woolly jersey that also tastes like bacon? <laughs> no one! Winter is coming, and so are the pig lords. And when they put on the jersey, it's only then that me and my sheep brethren... Bread specially long here in the cold climes of, of the slopes of Mount Cook. <laughs> will descend from in the mountain. I've trained them to appreciate the taste of delicious pork. And they will fall upon the pig-costumed citizens of New Zealand. <laughs> devouring them. Devouring them. As they, in turn, have devoured countless pigs and sheep over the years. And the cycle will be complete. Team Hawk, everyone. <laughs> While Aaron calculates the final scores, uh, we're going to go to each of our team members for a recommendation for something that you recommend. I probably could have said that better. <laughs> Starting with you, Sin. Um, I'm going to recommend um, here in Christchurch, which has been operating for about well, six months now, um, Fab Lab Christchurch, which is a... Um, 3D printing, uh, laser cutting sort of workshop uh, with a whole lot of uh, new technologies. Um, they're moving into the art centre soon, so it'll be exciting as well. Um, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, head on down. Um, they're in Austin at the moment. Um, but, yeah, you can check them out online, Fab Lab uh, XCHC. 
Um, and it's also a worldwide movement. So um, for those listeners that are not in Christchurch, um, I'm sure there might be a, a fab lab uh, near you to look up and visit. Thanks, Ed. Matt? Uh, I'm going to recommend a service called Loot Crate. It's a subscription service. Uh, every month they send you a box full of nerdly goods. Uh, you might get a T-shirt. You might get one of these little toys. Uh, you might get a game uh, to play. Um, and, it's yeah, it's quite cool. Um, April's theme, I believe, is fantasy. So they've promised goods from Game of Thrones, um, Dungeons and & Dragons, and The Princess Bride. So oh, it's an excellent time to sign up. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Jeff? Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Big Hero 6, which came out on DVD and Blu-ray today, a fantastic uh, Disney uh, computer-animated Movie uh, inspired by the comic book, I would I would say based on, but they took a lot of liberties and changed it quite a bit. But it is a lovely story about a boy and his robot versus a swarm of killer robots. Thanks, Jeff. I'm going to recommend the Nerd Degree, <laughs> specifically coming and watching the Nerd Degree live <laughs> because it's great, and you get to see the the gesture, weird gestures that everyone makes. And you can also get these amazing Nerd Degree mugs. Which, which you can see. Which the, the audience is now ooing at. Ooh. Yes, they're very impressed. These mugs come in left and right-handed versions, which I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> Karen. Um, I would like to recommend the works of the Candle Wasters, who are four young New Zealand women who put together a, an incredible sort of podcast story version of Much Ado About Nothing called Nothing Much To Do, where Beatrice Duke and her cousin and best friend Hero hang out, um, get together with boys, get out together with boys, laugh, cry, bake cookies. Um, It's amazing and hilarious and there's lots of swearing. I highly recommend it. And they're about to start their next project, which is Lovely Little Losers, um, which is an adaptation of Love's Neighbours Lost that will take place in a flat in Wellington. Thank you, Karen. Ben? Uh, I'd like to recommend a book called Ancillary Justice, uh, which I just read on the plane on the way back over from Australia. And I think it's the only uh, book to win all the major sci-fi awards in one year at once, wow. like the, the Hugo Award, uh, the uh, Arthur C. Clarke Award, and the Nebula Award, all in the same year. And it's got lots of interesting ideas, um, and it's, it's quite different from other things that you tend to read, and it's jolly worth checking out. I believe Karen's a big fan of that one as well. <laughs> that was a gesture that nobody saw. See, if the live audience. But if they have... listened about three episodes ago. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Woody. I like to recommend, uh, if you remember it, a TV show that used to be on called Super Grand. Uh, <laughs> the reason I say this is because the first 30 seconds, there's a lyric that mentions B.A. Baracus. So. Yes. yes. Mm. Something that rhymes with Ruckus. Superman, Iceman, Spider-Man, Batman, Robin, too. Something, 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 a B.A. Baracus. Something, something cause a ruckus. Yeah, something cause a ruckus. It's I everywhere. Bet, I bet it's on YouTube. Um, I bet it is. All right, Aaron, what are our final scores? Well, that 11-point bump and that final piece of trivia about Supergrand made all the difference. <laughs> Team Hawk is now on 38, Team Handsaw, 36. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give us a round of applause for Team Hawk! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have. A big round of applause for both of our teams! <laughs> That was the Nerd Degree. Good night. I've thought of a really good smartphone ad, a smartphone joke now, guys. I like my women like I like my smartphones. Android. I like my women like I like my smartphones. 
jailbroken. I like my men like I like my smartphones. Easily replaced when I drop them. (laughs) (laughs) Bam!